and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I wake up in the morning, hear that work bell ring, head to the kitchen table, and it's the same old thing. And I'm Gary, and today we're going to review and discuss Midnight Special, which released in 2016 from writer-director Jeff Nichols. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Roy Tomlin, played by Michael Shannon, who has kidnapped his own son, Alton, played by Jaden Martell. There is something very special about Alton, and he has to be in a specific place at a specific time, or something bad may happen to him. As Roy heads across the country with the boy and his friend Lucas, we follow Adam Driver and a whole load of FBI agents as they try to hunt him down and stop Alton disappearing. I'm sorry. So I've been a bit of a fan of this director for some time now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going all the way back, I think it was 2007, with Shotgun Stories. And then um, Take Shelter in 2011. Yeah. Uh, following year, we had Mud in 2012. And then you also had uh, Loving, which also released 2016, the same year as Midnight Special. And I have enjoyed every single one of his films, but I never actually got around to this one. Right, Which right. is a surprise because I'm a bit of a fan now of Michael Shannon. Yeah, he yeah. He has also collaborated and worked with Jeff Nichols on like three other films leading into <laughs> yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and also he would also work with Joel Edgerton again in Loving. Yeah. So I'm like, this is a director who once he bonds with his cast will work with them again and again. And I think it was really Boardwalk Empire that put Michael Shannon... Yeah. Uh, you know, that... I got attention towards him even more so and then like before we knew it he was Zod yeah, so it's yeah. like well Michael Shannon is here now yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah I've just really always enjoyed this director so I was kind of surprised I never watched this one and I found out that this was this director's first studio movie oh. because his previous ones were all independent mm -hmm. but he didn't quite have the budget to make this one yeah, yeah so yeah. he actually signed a deal with Warner Brothers to make the film they gave the go-ahead but then like apparently on the last meeting he had with them he went oh yeah by the way i get final cut of the movie Ooh. and they just went what's the budget 18 million dollars and they went that's nothing fine you get final cut we don't care oh, oh that's, that's, that's nice <laughs> so but that's it the film still has a very independent feel or vibe to it yes like his previous movie so even though he had more money it still feels creative and it still feels kind of raw yeah and it doesn't have that hollywood kind of sheen on it yeah yeah that, that, that's actually surprising you say that um you know i totally didn't pick up on who was the distributor. So as soon as you said Warner Brothers, I'm like, oh wow, they 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 have touch and go with certain movies. But this one, obviously, they just they just went here, take all the money and make the movie. And I I kind of remember the trailer coming out, and it's like what we always say, isn't it? Like sometimes I can wiki a movie and I go, I never have to actually sit down and watch it. I know that's good. You know, this director, I, I I've seen Take Shelter, but I saw it ages ago and saw Michael Shannon at the time and didn't know who Michael Shannon was 
And then all of a sudden, he's like Gary said, he's in a Boardwalk Empire. And I'm like, hey, I know that guy. And then all of a sudden, he's on. And I'm like, whoa, it's that guy again. You know, and then he's just hitting note after note. I mean, he was in, was it the Iceman as well? Like, I, I was very surprised when I wikied, you know, just everything that Michael Shannon has done, realizing that he's gone all the way back to playing Fred in Groundhog Day. Right. Which I was like, <laughs> holy fucking shit, I need to see this shit. Um, but you just see, I well, I do. I see Michael Shannon and go, Psh. <laughs> I know that's good. Yeah. I, know, I don't need to see that. Oh, it's got Adam Driver in it. <laughs> then I know it's totally going to be good. Oh, it's got that guy from The Thing in it. Well, I like The Thing, so... Yeah, it should be okay. Gonna, yeah, it should be good. I, I do want to bring up quickly, though, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm feeling a little bit, you know, touching my age nowadays when I see Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. She's I'm not like, sweet little Claudia anymore, is she? No, she's <laughs> not. And I, I, I don't know if that's more me where I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh, wow, she's really... I don't want to say aging, you know, because it might, 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 I might come across as ageist. She is definitely becoming this actress in her age, her old age. I don't want to say old age. Well, I'm well, like, wow, I'm so glad I followed your career. Well, I, I mean, yeah, you, you, you say that, but they made it a, a choice in this film to not have her wear makeup of any kind. Yeah. To I make mean, her look like a, an everyday Midwestern mom. American mum. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and she, she, that's the impression I get from her. So. Yeah. But also, she's also lost her family. So she's kind of a bit downtrodden and depressed at this point. So. But I also felt as well, like, she, Kirsten Dunst is almost at the age now where she could play Aunt May. <laughs> it's Spider-Man. It's gone from Mary Jane now, May. <laughs> yeah. um, but I also like the way that this film just kind of starts you. Yes. Like already kind of in the story. It's not like here's how everything builds up. It's you're, you're, you're listening to the intro as the narration comes over and then all of a sudden you catch a radio broadcast, you know, about this guy, Roy Tomlin, who's supposed to kidnap this eight-year-old boy. Um, they've got no pictures of the little boy, so they've got no identity. Uh, but if you see them in the car and it's him and Lucas, played by Joel Edgerton, they're in this hotel room. Uh, they've cardboard up all of the windows, which was really kind of fucking strange. Um, and they're getting ready to move out. And as they get into their car and they're driving off, that's when the clerk sees them. And they realize, oh shit, you know, we've got to go. So you're already on the road with them. Yeah, exactly. The film just goes at breakneck speed. And it's like, catch up, audience. Like, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> or you might miss something. Uh, but yeah, the weirdness is there when... Um, when Alton reveals that he's under a bedsheet and he's got these goggles and these, you know, his ear protectors on. I'm yeah. like, is that so that he can't hear what the other two men are up to? Are these two villains? Why have they abducted yes. or kidnapped this child? Uh, who's the bad guys here? Obviously, we want to get these people caught and this kid rescued. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when we see the clerk at the motel sort of seeing them, I was like, wait a minute, why are they leaving? Like, why do they park so far away from where they're staying? Like, why did they also leave now instead of like a couple hours earlier in the pitch black? Like, you, it's like okay, like these guys are clearly not professionals. No, 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 <laughs> and and that really comes across from how they, they they describe their friendship as well. Like, I was really surprised. Like this whole driving section where they're just like, right, we need to get off the highway and we need to get into the back roads turn off the lights, slap on a pair of night vision goggles, yeah. and go. So, so they are professionals. They've done <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I was saying this to Gary as well before I turned the camera on. What I really loved about this movie was, un unlike what I had with Upgrade, I had questions for this movie, but the movie was going, as Gary said, at such a breakneck pace. It was just like, look, if it's not in there, you don't need to know it. you just got to keep on going. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to keep up. So it was like when the title came up, I was really surprised. It just came up, Midnight Special, yeah. on the screen. I'm like, 
Well, shit, okay. Come on then, movie. Um, we then we then cut to this kind of... Well, is it a cult? Yeah. They call it The Ranch. Yeah, it is pretty much a cult. I guess it was a religious cult. But when he starts reading his sermon, I was like, is he reading off lottery numbers? Yeah. Like, oh no, they're coordinates. Coordinates. Apparently. But I'd, I'd love Sam Shepard's, uh, you know, kind of set up in this room where he's got his two kind of buddy worker, Christian cult people, cult lieutenants. I don't know how you describe them. Like behind him. And he... He's really surprised that the information about Roy is out. Right. And because they're like, oh, you know, we didn't put that out. And then Roy mentions it later as well, that they think that the ranch put it out. And he's like, I don't think it is. You actually don't ever find out who put the information out. I don't think so, no. No. I just can't realise that. But part of me is also thinking as well. Oh, spoilers. I'm not actually going to go into it now. I'm just <laughs> thinking all over the place. But Sam Shepard from Black Hawk Down, he's the general. And yeah, like Gary says, he stood in front of this cult and he's reading out coordinate numbers or kind of locations from these sermons. And then the FBI move in and just kind of shut the whole place down. Yeah, they put them all in buses, take them all out to uh, be interrogated and questioned about who this boy was, what this cult is, how do they all, you know, behave. And I'm just like, wow, so... And then you can start to paint in your mind that, okay, so Alton has been been liberated from this cult and that's mm. why they're on the run because mm. the cult has people hunting these people down and now we find out that the government has now also has agents out there also trying to hunt and bring Alton into custody for reasons because we get introduced to Adam Driver yeah. who comes along and says that it's impossible that Alton has been receiving all the things that you have written down because not even... Not even some of the computers we have today can decrypt some of the coding that he would have had to have bypassed to get that information. So yeah, like, yeah. they really want to know who, who Alton is. And we get another sign or clue or hint as to Alton's power when he's in the car. And we've been told that sometimes he'll just spout random languages, like mm. from a distant world of some kind. Yeah, yeah. And he starts speaking Spanish out of nowhere. And then they turn the, the, the radio on and they immediately hear this Spanish broadcaster. Yeah. It's just like, wow, so he's like a giant antenna. Yeah. And then when the agents get into the house that he was in before, they see all the Lego men and they've all got like antennas on antennas their heads. Antennas on their or, heads, yeah. Or lights. Yeah. And it, that's weird as well when you first see his lights start to come out of his eyes. He kind of has this whole kind of cyclops thing going on. Um, and so you're just like, what the hell's that? And it's not until they meet up with their friend Eldon, who's like an ex-cult member, um, they don't go into details about what happened to him, but you kind of get the impression that he was exiled out of the cult. And that was the one thing I kept getting from this movie was, like I said, they weren't... I had questions, so many fucking questions. Um, but the movie was just saying, look, make it up yourself. You know, you, can, you, you don't need to know this information because we're just following this story. And it wasn't until like three quarters of the way through that that's what I realised. So when they met Eldon, I really wanted to know who was... Yeah. How he left, um, you know, because he's so helpful and he's trying to actually, you know, you know, do a good deed through them and helping Alton. And it's not until the place starts to earthquake, starts to shake, that they race into the bedroom and Alton is shining his light eyes into Eldon. And you, you'd heard something from the FBI or, or Adam Driver's character no, talking we, about communing. We had interviews with some mm. of the cult members that all said that when they got to see his light, mm. it was more of a feeling mm. that everything was okay. They felt like a warm, fuzzy connection that 
to to the greater universe that just yeah, made them yeah. feel everything was going to be okay, and that's why they want him because that that that's like an, an incredible euphoric feeling. Yeah. So um, so you realize that Eldon intentionally looked at his eyes. Yeah, he wanted to go back he to that to, feeling because he yeah. obviously was kicked out for reasons. And yeah. So yeah, but he gets smacked across the back of the head, and I was like, oh my god, they killed him. Yeah. But no, he, he's all right. Well, you say that. I mean, Michael Shannon kind of confronts him in the kitchen, doesn't he, as they're leaving, and he's yeah. got his gun out. And I sat there. I was just like, "Oh fuck, he's gonna shoot him!" Right. Well, I mean, we don't actually see anybody die, and we like was it cuts to the aerial shot? Yeah. I was waiting for the gunshot. Yeah. Sound, but there wasn't it one. It wasn't one. Now, because we'd already set up Roy as maybe a bit of a gun-toting lunatic near the start, when yeah. they do get pulled over. When actually there's a, a collision that they're not responsible for. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the ranger comes over and he gets the gun. He realizes who they are. He recognizes yeah. the car, and Roy gets out of the car and says, like, "Just shoot him! Just shoot, just shoot him. him so we can go!" And he, you know, and um, Lucas doesn't want to shoot. But then the officer goes for his gun, so he ends up shooting him. But then he checks, and he's like, no, he's wearing body armor. He's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. And they drive up. But Roy just seems to be the one, like, no, he knows too much. He's seen our faces. He knows who we are. Kill him. Yeah. So it makes you think that he would kill the guy from yeah, the Yeah, it makes but you think he's a bad guy. Yeah. He didn't hear the gunshot, so I'm going to go with Roy didn't kill him. Yeah, and and I love that with Joel Edgerton's um, acting as well. Because when they do meet up with Kirsten Dunst, um, Sarah, she asks him what he was, um, what job he had. And he explains that like he's a state trooper, so he's a police officer, and he hasn't seen Roy since they were kids because Roy's family up and left and went to this um, cult, the ranch, and so Roy's been there all of his life. And it wasn't until like three nights ago that Roy just turned up at, at Lucas's door with the kid, and Lucas had or he's seen the lights, he's been shown the lights, so he kind of knows that like. Um, Alton is special. And he even says that to him, doesn't he? He says that to Roy. I'm here for the boy. Don't ever question what I do again. And so it's like, they've got this really tight friendship. But at the same time, it could fracture at any point because they have no idea what the fuck they're doing yeah. or what the fuck's going on. You know, they're being chased by the FBI. They just know that Alton says he's got to be at the certain place. They've got to get him there. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely loved Bill Camp. Uh, playing Doak, uh, the the uh, one of the cult members, because once Sam Shepard gets interviewed by the FBI, he's gone. He's out of the movie. Yeah, which I was a shame because he's so good as well. He's so good, but I was really surprised. Well, I was just like, well, he's the leader of this thing. What shouldn't we know more? And like I said, questioned. I had questions, yeah. and the movie's yeah. like, no, no, no. I'm kind of grateful that the film doesn't go right. We're gonna slow everything down now. Flashback. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna slow everything down now. Flashback. Yeah. Just to fill everything. It's like he didn't need to. He don't need to. Yeah, well, I I felt like. Some of us kind of need it, but at the same time, in the movie kind of world, if the writing and the acting is good enough, you can just go with it. And like I said, this this Doak character, and especially him and Levi, um, you know, the he doesn't really say much until they get back to the camp. But the whole time that they're being questioned, they're just waiting. They've been they've been given this mission to go and find Alton. They've got like four days to get him back um, to the camp or the, to the ranch for reasons. Um, and so once they get back to the ranch, they get their own guns. Because that's the reason why the FBI had arrested them in the first yeah. place as well. It's because they've been stockpiling weapons. And so they take all their guns. And Doak sat there in this van with Levi. And he even says, like, what am I doing? I'm a fucking certified electrician in, like, three states. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing here. 
And Levi basically says to him, like in a cultish kind of way, he's just like, well, you know, we all have our own hardship missions or whatever. And they get out and they walk over and they knock on this door and they, 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 I assume they're about to kidnap and question Sarah's mum. Yeah. Because it's like the fucking Terminator. They're like, boom, boom, boom. Sarah Tomlin's mother. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you Sarah Tomlin's mother? Yeah. <laughs> I do want to go back. There was another sequence that I, I really quite enjoyed as well. When I was like, they need to stop for gas. And oh, stop for, oh for food. yes, yes. And uh, he's like, Alton, stay in the car. <laughs> and off they go to go and get gas and go and get some supplies. And then Alton's like, yeah, I'm going to get out of the car now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for a walk. Because I can't be trusted. <laughs> and this lady comes over to him. And then Roy comes running over. And then the boy's just like... Uh, they're listening, Dad. They're here. I'm sorry. He's like, where are they? And we see the lights in the sky. I'm like, aliens! Yeah, I was like that. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, like, and then all of a sudden we start seeing meteorites or explosions happening everywhere. I was like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. They, 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 they kind of explained that that was a satellite, yeah. wasn't it? Now, was the satellite crashing or was it targeting the boy? It was a satellite that was used to detect um, nuclear explosions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for whatever reason, the satellite maybe have picked up on Alton because of some strange energy I readings. I was also trying to figure out as well, or did Alton pull it out of the sky? No, I, I, I think Alton just blew it up or it caused it to malfunction, which then caused it to Yeah, because you know, she asked crash. him, did yeah. you do that? And he's just like, yeah. Yeah, it was listening to me, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to blow it up. Stop it from listening to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. That's, yeah. That's and, some pretty intense powers you've got there. And that's all. i got to give it to Jaden Martell. Obviously, he he moved on to It Part 1 and Part yeah. 2 after this. But he fucking holds this screen. And I think it's also the director's way of allowing the film's uh, language to come across that whatever Alton is, it's fucking... Something completely different. It's I, special. I, yeah, I re I really got like Starman yes. kind of impressions from yeah, this. Yeah, I, I got that too. And then when there's the uh, the lineup of military, when they do eventually capture Alton, yeah. there's one of the guards with Carpenter yeah, on his yeah, chest. I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. There's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, that was great. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, Alton does eventually get captured as the two guys from the, the cult do eventually catch up to where they are. Yeah. And uh, there's a little bit of a shootout like... Um, Lucas takes two to the chest, but yeah. he's wearing body armor. The other guy gets shot in the stomach, uh, but he's still got his shotgun, and he's still able to blast the door in, get into the back as Roy's tied up outside, gets in there, pulls out Sarah, pulls really out Alton, and gets away. And the rest of them are all tied up. You're like, God damn. Yeah. But yeah, they manage to get the knife, break their bonds, and then there's a bit of a, a, a chase down, down the motorway. Um, but obviously they've managed to get away. They get stopped yeah. by the by a blockade, and so they have to drive slowly down this road, and by the time they get there, we're already seeing all these helicopters taking off, and as they slow down and look, they just see the car that they escaped in is empty and abandoned, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the hope and life just drains out of Lucas, out of Roy, out of Sarah. They are defeated. Yeah. I, I mean, I was really kind of actually shocked at that point because, like, prior to that, um, Alton and his dad had gotten out of the car um, and run off into the woods because they were being followed. And Sarah and Lucas were expected to go to this motel. And by this point, if you haven't realised, they're constantly travelling at night 
Alton cannot be out during the day. Light is bad for him. It will kill him. Um, and so he races off into the woods with his dad and they hide in this kind of really dark cave. But Alton says to his dad, like, I need to be out in the sun. And he's been looking really weak. Yeah. You know, like the life force has been draining from him. So then when they get out into the sun the next morning, I mean, it was a beautiful fucking... The, the colorization that the director got with the sunrise was just absolutely amazing because you're just you're just watching the light become more and more and just the suspense and kind of the uncomfortability that you're thinking that something bad's going to happen to him while he's holding this boy and he doesn't want anything to happen but he also is confident enough that you know Alton is telling him I have to be there and so there's this fucking like Akira like explosion right and. It then cuts back to Sarah and Lucas at the hotel. And Lucas is like, look, they're not going to be traveling during the day. We're going to be fine. And there's a knock at the door. He opens the door. It's Alton and Roy. And this is prior to the shootout. And I paused it at this point, thinking to myself, fucking hell, how long is this movie? Because it's really surprising that it's like almost two hours long. Yeah, yeah. And so I looked and I'm like, oh man, it's like another 50 minutes left. My, and my brain actually asks, oh, how's the pacing in this film? So after this moment, it's the fucking shootout. The FBI captures him. There's the whole race towards the end. And I was just so surprised that the director took 51 minutes, condensed it into such a way that by the end of the movie, I was like, oh. Didn't I, feel like I two hours, did it? I didn't feel that. I <laughs> yeah. did not feel that. So like I said, when they got into the FBI building, you know, and, and Alton is kind of sat there in this room and this, this fucking child psychologist is talking <laughs> to him and Alton's just like ignoring her. He's like, I want to talk to Kylo Ren. (laughs) Only Kylo Ren. Only Kylo Ren. That's kind of funny, actually, because Adam Driver, on his first day on set filming Mm. Midnight Special, was the very same day he got the call saying, you got the part as Kylo Ren in the new Star Wars. Nice. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to be in Star Wars. And, oh, shit, no, I'm in Midnight Special right now. So I can just imagine that. And then, of course, at one point, he sat across from Uncle Owen. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's like, oh, God. Kylo Ren, Uncle Owen, General Zod, Mary Jane, and the boyfriend. It all sat around It's a great cast. <laughs> there is actually a cool, uh, like, Superman reference, oh, yeah, isn't there? That was when great. they're driving, he's like, Dad, what's Kryptonite? What's and Kryptonite? like, General Zod's like, Ugh. I don't know. You <laughs> wish you hadn't given those comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, of course, we find out, like, um, um, Alton was supercharged by sunlight, like yes. Superman. Yes. Like, oh, okay, so he's yes. maybe an alien. We yes. still don't know yet. I mean, well, we does it. We kind of see the glowy hand. You know, and we know about the glowy eye situation. And so, like I said, the whole Starman approach for me is that he's got to get to this location, these coordinates. So he can go back to his people? So he got to go back to his people, be picked up by a ship or whatever. Um, but he already knows as well. He knows that the army... Well, um, Adam Driver actually gives him the information, doesn't he, when he picks him up. That, you know, he, like it was fucking amazing that Michael Shannon's character... Roy at this point was ready to fucking kill himself. Yeah. You know, he'd given up. Like he, like there was that brilliant bit with Kirsten Dunst where she was saying to him like tomorrow you got to be prepared that Alton's going to be gone. And so in a way that was his way of giving up because Alton's now gone. But then all those phones ring and Adam Driver's on the other side and he's like look meet us at these coordinates. I will give you your son back. And then when they meet up, Adam Driver's just like, look, the location you want to go five miles in every direction, the army is there. They've, they've cut you off. Um, can I come with you? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Shannon's like, no. no. <laughs> can I come with you? No. 
Um, but they, they decide to drive off. And then when they're heading to the blockade, you know, they've, they've got body armor on, on, on Alton. They've got body armor on Kirsten Dunn's character. You know, they're hoping to drive through the barricade. And they're about to shoot, aren't they? And well, Michael like, Shannon's like loading his gun. And yeah. He's just like, no, no, don't shoot because they're, they're ordered to only return fire. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they utilize that. And I was really surprised because they hit the barricade and they fucks the car up. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh shit, what are they going to do? And so Alton and Sarah get out of the car. And there's just this moment between Alton and Roy where you kind of know they're saying, I love you to each other, but they just don't say anything. It's just. It's so well done. They like, yeah. don't need to say anything. I mean, he calls him back. He's like, Alton. And then the camera just lingers. One oh, shot. Yeah, one shot. They both have a look. The actors sell yeah. everything without a word being said. And then they're gone. They're gone. And it's ah, it's a little beautiful moment. Uh, and then it's over. And then they're back on the road. And they're running through the woods to get to this destination. We still don't know why. We still don't know why it needs to be at this point in time, at this exact location. Yeah. The film never actually tells us. Well, I kind of got the impression because, like, he when he'd done his little Akira moment, he'd said that he'd shown Roy this other location. So now Roy, even though he believed before, he totally believes now. Um, and he totally believes that his son needs to be at this location. I'm assuming because when he does these explosions, it, it, it joins the worlds. Cause that's or breaks down the veil. Breaks down yeah. the veil just enough so that now um, Alton can actually go into the next world. Because him and Kirsten Dunst run through the woods. Fucking Roy and Lucas, Carol driving down the road being chased by the police. I mean, it's great. Fucking back and forth, isn't it? Well, once the the driving's fucking iffy, well, once those tires go, we won't have to worry. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck, yeah. Um, there, is, um, there is a point, actually. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have said when they've watched this film, it reminded them of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Totally, totally, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and E.T., yeah. And E.T., yeah. Now, there is, uh, like, there's a significant moment in Close Encounters when the uh, aliens fly past and there's a, a road sign that with an arrow that's pointing to the left yeah, yeah, yeah. but when he gets knocked it kind of is like pointing to the sky yeah uh in this film as well when uh, when the, when the car eventually crashes it crashes into that exact same yellow road sign that's pointing to the left and when they hit it it's kind of pointing up uh, and it's like wow. it's aliens it's, aliens. it's aliens. gonna be aliens, it's aliens. yeah <laughs> but um, we find out that no well, they're not aliens I, I well, they must be in comparison to humans, mate. Well, I mean, they're, 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 they're different to us. They're different species. I, this this made me really like watching Kirsten Dunst run up with with uh, Jaden Marteau and Jaden Marteau do his big, like I said, big psychic Akira. And much bigger this time. Thing <laughs> much bigger because it, it covers up this area, so so many more people are able to see these weird alien like architectural buildings. buildings yeah you know because the way Owen has explained it to us is that there are multiple universes on top of each other um we just don't see them because they're operating at a different frequency or level or science whatever that it is and so when he does that it joins them together and so he knows what he is he knows he has to go there he can't stay here um i suppose the cult believed that he was an angel and he would take them back to heaven and stuff like that but this made me really want to watch fucking is it uh, it's not Magnolia, is it? With Kirsten Dunst, where it's the the world ends. Oh, Melancholia. Melancholia. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I kind of really wanted to go back and revisit that <laughs> movie with this one because I'm like, wow, Kirsten Dunst is doing really good with kind of sci-fi kind of movies. Yeah. She makes me fully believe, like emotionally, that she, like her little breakdown at the end was just enough. Yeah. Again, you know, silently done. Just a, yeah. just actors acting here. She didn't have to go over the top, screaming, crying that she'd lost her son. She'd already kind of explained to me 
through the film language that she had given up her son and she hated herself for doing yeah. that but she she had to do that because she couldn't handle it and so now she's having this final relationship where she gets to finally say goodbye to her son she sees him go off into this other world she's sad but she's also very happy especially when we see her in the the bathroom and she's cutting her hair like yeah she's finally free she's yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's great yeah. yeah it's really great and and of course we cut then to lucas because uh, we'd seen that their car had eventually kind of, you know, the wheels exploded, <laughs> they overturned. Um, and it also lets you know, like, because, like, from the moment their car crashes and overturns, we see the military closing in on them. Yeah. Um, and we also, like, the entire Akira explosion has come and gone yes, by the yes. time the military even get to the car. So I'm like, that all well, must they, have happened really quickly. Well, no, well, no when the car crashed, because uh, they car crash because they see the buildings and the military see the buildings. Yeah. But we... But that's it. I imagine you also know? everyone must have just stopped at that point. Like, what? Yeah. The we, well, is we see going all those on? people outside the supermarket, don't we? Yeah. We see the people on the construction rig. You know, it's just everyone's like, what? And then it's all gone again. It's like, am I crazy or did that really yeah, happen? That really happened. And that's why we have Lucas now being interrogated. And they're like, look, we're going to ask you this again. And he's like, look, I've already told I've you. I've already told you. I saw yeah. the same shit you did. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't know how many other ways to say it. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to send in the specialist. <laughs> you know, he comes. And in comes Adam Driver and he's like, and that's it. Like, I was sitting there with Lucas thinking, actually, by the end of it, he hadn't killed anybody. No. Nope. They hadn't destroyed anything. Nobody had really gotten hurt. In well, I fact, mean, the petrol station got pretty decimated. But, but that wasn't their fault. They didn't it, blow it up. Well, they dropped the... Well, yeah. I it's mean, not their fault. But, yeah. it, but it made me also think with, 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 uh, with Roy, because we see Roy kind of locked up in chains. But I'm like, what are you holding for? Kidnapping? Probably, yeah. I like mean, he, kidnapping did, his own they son. They did shoot a trooper on the side of the road. I mean, he survived. Yeah, yeah. I suppose shot him. yeah, shot him. They drove him through a military compound. Well, know? they would have to keep Roy separated from other prisoners because he wouldn't be. They wouldn't want his story getting out. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he's like a fucking X file case right there. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like, it's kind of sad to see that he is imprisoned, mm. but he's still smiling. And when he's looking out, he's like, he's got the bars in front of him, but the light is still shining right through on him. And the camera comes up to his eyes and we see the same sort of glow that we'd seen in Alton uh, in his eyes as it goes back to normal again. I was just like, <gasps> what does that mean? Yeah. I'm like, does that mean that Roy was also Roy, one yeah, of them? Yeah. Was he? Um, is he one of them now? Or, but no, I, my, my, my final interpretation is that Alton is kind of right there. You know, just kind of like a part of that world that we cannot see, shining a light on his dad because mm. he knew his dad would still be worrying about him because he has done the entire movie. He yeah. said it in his own words. Yeah. And so he's just shining a light. And that's why um, Roy is just still smiling. He's like, he feel the love of his son still. So he knows he's done his job as a dad and got him where he needed to go. See, I, I like that theory as well. But I also like my theory where like I, I feel like he might have gotten a, a little bit of the power so maybe a little bit later on, he might actually go to go this and other join world <laughs> and join his son on this other world as well. It's just yeah, yeah. But uh, it also then also brings back to like the film's title, Midnight Special. Because I'm mm. like, what does the title actually mean to the film? Yeah. And uh, and then of course there is a 19, I think it was 1926, uh, the blues song, uh, Midnight Special was written, and then it's been performed throughout the the century yeah. by by various bands, and obviously the most famous one I think is the Credence Clearwater Revival 
uh, song, mm. Midnight Special, which talks about shining a light. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, the the, the boys only, only going out at midnight to stay out of the dark, uh, to stay out of the light. Mm. Uh, and there's lots of little n- references in the song lyrics that's in the film. So I was like, okay, I see why. It's called Midnight Special. It kind of works. Uh, yeah, you have to think about it just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Ian, do you uh, have any favorite scenes? Uh, actually, I didn't make any notes of favorite sequences uh, throughout this film because as the film went on, I was just like, man, just it just keeps getting better and better. I mean, f- if anything, it would have to be the sequences with Michael Shannon um, and Jaden Martell. You know, just their relationship, even throwing in Joel Edgerton in there when the three of them are in the car which i know is like 90 percent of the fucking movie so that's really why i didn't make any favorite sequences they're just their relationship you know i'll just use that like you said that one sequence where owen says to him dad you don't have to worry about me anymore and fucking roy turns around he's just like well that's my job i'm your dad and i'm like oh my god i say that all the time yeah it's it's just it's your job you know, to take care of people, even when they're a fucking supernatural being from another universe, and you don't, you don't need to worry anymore. You're like, I'm still yeah. going to. Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Shannon said uh, that playing a father in this role became really easy to him because, like, two weeks before he started shooting this, he had just had his second child. Wow, So yeah. he was feeling that paternal yeah. uh, relationship yes, anyway, yes. and he felt that relationship with Jaden Martell during the making of the film. Yeah. That when the filming was over, and of course they went back to their lives, he was like, goodbye, third child. <laughs> you know, like that's the connection that they made. So yeah. it comes through so well. And also the director, Jeff Nichols, had also just become a father while doing wow. Take Shelter. Wow. And then wrote this script on yes. reflection of yes. becoming a father. Yeah. Uh, and so, of course, that bleeds through this bleeds. film Fuck so it. much that... The relationship between father and son, mother and son, it's its there. You feel it. And that, that emphasis on that, the, the family unit throughout mm. the film, is really strong. And because of that, you stay invested oh, in yeah. all those scenes, which yeah. is why I can see that they are all, all very good. And that's why when I have my questions, I'm like, I don't worry about it. Because I'm just so invested in the characters, in the movie, in the way it's, it's going across. That I'm just like, I don't need to worry myself about information the movie's not giving me yeah yeah well, that comes across hypocritical but <laughs> uh I, I guess i quite like the adam driver scenes you know the scene where he's, he's where, great I love yeah, adam driver. Where, where he's talking to lucas and he's just like uh would it be too much to trouble you to ask you to punch me in the face <laughs> <laughs> no okay then no, okay that's he right. starts handcuffing himself it's like <laughs> he's such a dork in this he's so good <laughs> Um, I really like the opening scene to the film because, again, it's just like news report, yes. cardboard on the windows, uh, being watched, sneaking out at night, the goggles, the the, head, uh, the headphones. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? It was almost like near dark. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a very, very uh, catchy, very uh, action-filled sort of intro where you're out of your element and you're trying to figure out what's going on. It's like, did that quite well. Uh, of course, the gas station satellite crashing down because uh, that's like a big sort of action scene moment. We're like, this is what what is actually happening yes. in this film? We don't know. I don't even know what it is. Is it a meteor? Is it a nuke? Is it an explosion? Is it aliens? Is it UFOs? What is it? And uh, now I think the uh, the visual effects are they sur- yeah. they suffice. Yes, yeah, the sound effects really help the crashing and exploding. Uh, but they it looked a little bit fake. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. But I was like, but it but doesn't it's totally li- fine. Yeah. It doesn't linger along enough that you see it. You don't. Yeah. You know, you don't see it again until the very next day where it's in, it's a yeah. crash site. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's just a, just a tiny nitpick there. It mm. didn't look quite quite right. 
And yeah, as we've already said, all of the scenes with Roy and Alton, like, I mean, and, and it's also the scenes where they don't, they don't even speak. Mm. They just, they just emote. Yeah. Uh, and it comes across so well, so passionately that uh, you can't help but just want to find out what happens to these characters. It's, yeah. Yeah. Ian, do you recommend the Midnight Special? I fucking wholeheartedly recommend uh, Midnight Special. It is, it is exactly what it is. It's, it's special. You know, if you if you if you like Starman, if you like ET, if you like, you know, those little movies where you've got a creature or an alien or whatever, and you've got to get it from point A to point B, you know, it's it's that, but it's it's also this relationship between father and son. You know, I had have so many questions, but I'm okay to just go along with it because, you know, it's just so special their their relationship. Jaden Martell is fucking ace you know as the little kid and then michael shannon as the dad is just i'd, I'd love michael shannon to be my dad i suppose you know uh kirsten dunce is fucking amazing amazingly beautiful as always fucking adam driver is just kicking it out of the park every time i put one of his films on joel edgerton is absolutely brilliant the director just did brilliantly well with all of the the, the visuals in the movie i mean like we said um like the, the the stuff at the end lingers a little bit where you could almost go oh that looks looks out of place it looks fake but it's it's so mind-blowing that you just kind of like what the fuck is going on and then it's gone and you're like no <laughs> you know um yeah totally totally recommend it yeah i'm also going to be recommending midnight special as this was entertaining from start to finish it built up a great mystery supplemented with a few action scenes packed it with an emotional ending that raised more questions, but was wholly satisfying. So far, I've enjoyed all of Jeff Nichols' films, and his first studio film is no different. Great direction, pace, and editing, coupled with great cinematography and top-quality performances from all the actors involved. Michael Shannon is a terrific actor and completely believable as a father who will do anything to protect his son. It's a great script and the actors bring to life the emotion, often without having to say a word. It's great stuff. I love how the story is framed, you know, you're left to fill in the blanks as the reveals come as to what happened narratively before the film started, framing the protagonist as villains that we will eventually root for. There's a strong bond between the characters with emphasis on parental themes that shines, keeping you invested until the divisive conclusion. One of those films where the ending might ruin the film for you. Uh, it just might seem a bit too silly or far-reaching, but I loved the reveal, and it was the connection to the characters and that emotional send-off that I think made it work. It's a great, really well-made sci-fi with a wonderful cast, awesome soundtrack and score, action and story. So yeah, I'm giving this one a must-watch. It was thought-provoking, refreshing, tonally tense throughout, and it was grounded, but also fantastical. He's not like us. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.